Well, the Red Sox didn't realize that today's game counted. Is the glass half empty? Is the glass half full in Fenway? We're doing a Red Sox MLB crossover with Gabby Hurlbut of Locked On Red Sox. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. By the way, just so you know, for those of you keeping score at home, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked On MLB or enter promo code Locked On MLB for a free white tech hat with any order you won't want to take your bird dogs off i guarantee you and we promise you we do a lot of things here including saying that this is a crossover and this is not just a locked on mlb episode this is a crossing over with locked on red sox yes i get to show my full bias here as someone who has been rooting for the red sox since the mid 1970s and i don't believe my guest was born quite then she is the brand new, she has that new right out of the box host smell, the brand new host of Locked On Red Sox. It's Gabby Hurlbut. Welcome to the show and thanks for being part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, Sully, thank you so much for having me. I was super excited when you said that you've been a lifelong Red Sox fan yourself and both of us growing up in Connecticut and being Red Sox fans makes this even more special. So it's always nice to connect with other people who share that passion like I do. We're we're both natives of Connecticut, uh, as are my mom and dad, and as are all my relatives and my brother and my cousins and everything. But yes, uh, yeah, my first memories... Although, don't worry, everyone, we're, we're going to cover stuff other than the Red Sox for a second here. But my first memories of going to Fenway Park, the first game I ever saw was in 1977. Uh, and they had the Red Hats. They still, Yastrzemski, Rice, Lynn, Evans. Uh, my favorite player of that team was Butch Hobson, the third baseman. And I remember distinctly, I don't remember much about the game. I was a little too young. I was only five. But I remember... Um, yelling at the top of my lungs when Bernie Carbo came out, calling all Carbos! I yelled that um, very loudly. So, yes, uh, I go way back. Hey, um, I'm not, I don't mean to, to put an age on you, but I have what's called the rule of seven, which is I don't believe you have your first real concrete baseball memories until you're seven. And I remember the 1979 season vividly with Yastrzemski getting 3,000th hit and 400th home run. What's your early? Who's your early Red Sox player? Who is your 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 the going back to young Gabby? Who who is your guy? Yeah, so I my first biggest memories from watching the Red Sox were the 03 and 04 seasons. Um, so it really was that core of Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, that trio are my favorite players and Nomar Garcia Parra also is up there as one of my favorites because he mm. was the first Red Sox jersey I ever owned as a kid so he and I go way back but yeah. I was definitely 
involved with the Red Sox and started being involved in a time when it was just really fun to be a Red Sox fan. Yeah, that, that that's a good time to come on. By the way, my favorite player of all time in my half a century on this planet, Pedro Martinez. It's not even close. I mean, there I've had I've had other favorite players, but uh, Pedro, when he arrived from Montreal in 1998, it was must see TV every time he he took them out. And I was living in New York at the time, and uh, oh my God, he he was. It was you arranged my I arranged my day around Pedro starts because I didn't want to miss him. And he was. Yeah. God, I loved he just created a new attitude for the team. So. But oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, that's hey, if you're going to get into the Red Sox, that's not a bad time. To, that's not a bad time to get in. And I'm glad you had moment of pain first. You got you had that moment with the Boone home oh, run yeah. and Grady Little. So oh, that you, yeah. got, you got a nice, you know, punch to the face. You know, as I had. Well, I lived through 86 and a couple other ones. I always said I can't even imagine if I was alive during that 86 season because the amount of hurt I would have been feeling if I had been alive for that is indescribable, really. That was the first team I ever saw of the Red Sox to make it to the playoffs. I never saw them in the postseason up until that point. And they had the amazing series against the Angels, which was underrated. And then what happened in the World Series, and of course – Anyone who watched that knows you don't blame Buckner because the game was tied when the ball went through his legs. Everyone at the time blamed McNamara, the manager, uh, who who I'm convinced gamblers paid him off. That was the only way to describe how he managed that. But hey, 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 that was four World Series championships ago. Uh, I'm not going to open up that. Uh, you know, I'll be self-serving and say watch the HBO special Curse of the Bambino and reverse the Curse of the Bambino where you can see your pal Sully talking about the 86 and the 04 Red Sox. Hey, let's get to today right now because the American League East is, well, it's a little strange right now. Let's I'm, The games are wrapping up. The Yankees right now are pounding the snot out of the White Sox 7-1. to one. So for one day at least, the Yankees' bats have woken up. Uh, the Red Sox, as I mentioned before, didn't realize that today's game counted. And um, it, at one point, I thought, "Hey, they they were they were down three nothing. It's three to two, and then boom, uh, final score was nine to three. Um, the uh, the Rays won a thriller against the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, that was uh, four to two was the final. And uh, I believe who, who got the big hit in that? It was Diaz, I believe, had the big day. Uh, um, yeah, Yandy Diaz had a four for four performance and gave the Rays the lead and for true karma of how to treat Kevin Brown and for kicking him off the broadcast for doing nothing wrong. The uh, Orioles had a lead against the Astros looked like it was a strike three and would have made two outs, but no, the catcher dropped the ball. Tucker hits a grand slam and Kevin Brown's not there to call it. And the Orioles wound up losing that game, which is very good news for the Tampa Bay Rays who are now only two games out of first three in the loss column. Um, what what do you think about? I mean, this is obviously a really good division. The Red Sox are technically in last place right now, but have a winning record. Um, what is your take on this division? And do you think there's a possibility that four teams could come out of the East? Yeah, if you asked me earlier on in the season if I felt like four teams come out of the East, 
I would have leaned a lot more towards yes. Now I'm feeling like it's looking more like three possibly come out of the AL East. It seems like the Red Sox and Yankees just haven't been able to figure it out. And both teams have lost ground while Toronto has continued to win baseball games. So to me, Toronto is in a position right now to me where I feel like they're underperforming a little bit. I expected them going into the season to actually lead the AL East. Right. Um, there's a lot of talent on that team. So I expected them to be performing a little bit better than they are. And the Orioles have certainly surprised me. I saw for the past couple of years, the direction that Baltimore was heading in. And I said, just look out for the Orioles. Cause in a couple of years, they could be good, but now they are leading the division. And that has to feel good for that fan base. Who's had to watch a lot of painful, painful baseball. So I think three teams likely could come out of the AL East and will. Um, but it's unbelievable to think about just how talented the division really is. Because if you take the, I'm going to put it in quotes, last place Red Sox right. right now and put them in other divisions, they would be in a better spot, which shows that they're not really as bad of a team as people make them out to be. Sometimes right. because they are just in what's a very, very tough division, but they lose the games against, you know, the teams that they should be beating. But anyway, that's a, another conversation. But I do think most likely it'll be three teams, Tampa, Baltimore, and Toronto, that we see in the postseason. Who's, who do you think going to win the division? I think Baltimore pulls it out. Yeah, I think, uh, although, you know what, I, I you know, there's the Rays have gotten some horrible news on their, you know, their, their in their pitching, you know, they got off to an incredible start and, you know, they McClanahan, one of the super talented pitchers, he's out for the year now. And it was, he's going to have surgery. Um, uh, but you know, what? I don't put it past Tampa to going on a big run. I really don't. I, I, I do think Baltimore is going to hang on, but I'll tell you something, Gabby. And I've been, you know, people who've been listening to podcasts know that I've been advocating that if we, I've been advocating expand to two more teams and create four, 18 regional divisions. That's what I want to see happen. If they don't do that and they keep American national league, let's get rid of the divisions. Let's get rid of the divisions. Cause you know, a couple of years ago you had the giants won 107 games division leader the Dodgers won 106 they had to play a one game wild card because of the way the divisions are set up if there were no divisions no one would be talking about the Red Sox as a last place team they would see them as a middle of the pack team just above 500 which is what they are yeah you know it's so yeah yeah no it's it's the division standings are clouding people's judgment of what these teams actual ability level is. And it's interesting you bring up McClanahan. That's terrible news for Tampa Bay. And it's going to be really hard for them to compete in the postseason. And I don't really see them making a heavy postseason run this year. That being a big reason they did get off to a really good start, but injuries have plagued them since then. But it's just the way that everything's formatted, it is so interesting because I always say, you know, you have the winner of the central that will come out. And, yeah. um, you know, in the past, before they 
change the playoff format to the three game wild card playoff. It was, you know, you could be the central winner and not have to play in the wild card game, even though you might be barely over 500 or even under 500 to win that division. And then a wild card team that's playing in that game has a much better record than you. Well, look at, look at the birds are on top of the division right now. And uh, it reminds me of something. Reminds me of another thing may start with bird. And we're going to talk about that right now. Who doesn't like being comfortable? I know I do, especially in the summer when the weather is really hot. You don't want to be sweating in really tight shorts. So that's what Bird Dogs is here for. They will make you look fantastic. They're basically the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I know I wear my bird dogs fit all the time and I never want to take it off because it fits for really multiple scenarios. You can work out in it. You can sleep in it. You can sit on your couch and relax and watch TV in it. If you're running out doing errands, it's a great way to feel really, really comfortable. And it also stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs, bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. We are here with Gabby Hurlbut, who is not going to take, there's going to be no removal of bird dogs during this particular episode. Um, Very true. That's true. That's true. It's funny. um, I've been talking with a bunch of people uh, about the American League going into the postseason. And at one point or another, talk about every team, everyone said the same thing to me. I was talking to someone about the Rangers, and I said, like, yeah, they, you know, I think they're going to, I think they're going to win the division, but I don't see them making a really long playoff run. I talked to someone else about the Astros saying, like, well, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they got the pitching to go on a long playoff run. And then someone else, I had to, did a whole episode on the Twins, and off the mic, my guest said, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, but it's not like they're going on a long playoff run. And you just said, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, it doesn't look like they're, they're going to make the – they're not going to go on a long playoff run. And we are doing a whole thing on the Orioles. How I said, yeah, they're starting pitching. Someone's got to go on a long playoff run. There's got, It's not going to be – you know, there's the National League's going to have to play somebody in the <laughs> World Series. It's not going to be like that scene in The Sound of Music, like, you know – they're gone. You know, like they're, they're calling the the American League champion. They're gone, and they're off running to Switzerland. Yeah, I need to update my movie references. But the fact of the matter is, some that look at. I'm not the commissioner yet. I'm working really, really hard on it. But as of the rules right now, a team from the American League is going to go on a long playoff run, and it's going to come to, at the absolute worst, four games away from winning the World Series. So, I mean. I, every time I've ruled out a team, I'm almost saying, screw it. It's going to be the Twins. I don't know. Why not the Twins? You know, they have good pitching. They're going to they're gonna be fully rested because they're going to win the division with 85 wins and win the division by 15 games. I mean, they're going to – why not? I, I'm at this point, I'm putting my foot down. I mean, do you think the, do you think the AL East is going to give us a pennant win? Or what, who's going to be standing playing the Braves in the World Series? <laughs> no, you do bring up a really strong point. Somebody could pull a 2022 Phillies yeah. 
yeah. uh, that nobody expected. My worry about the AL Central is the, the AL Central themselves. Yeah. It's just not a tough division. So if you come out of that division, I don't have the best confidence in any team coming out of that division to make a deep playoff run. A team I do think always has a shot and I can never rule out if they do make the playoffs is Houston with just, they are still a very, very talented team with a very talented roster. And even though they're going to be a wild card team, I still can't rule them out. I actually like their chances more than the Rangers chances to go and to go back to the world series again. They're just so experienced as an overall ball club when it comes to the postseason, and they always seem to play their best baseball when it comes to the postseason. So I'm certainly not ruling them out. And I'm looking at them as a team once again, to be worried about if you're an AL team. Oh, that reminds me, by the way, I didn't say uh, about the, uh, our trivia question that I gave the other day, you just reminded me of it. Uh, And uh, I believe uh, the the trivia question was, and let's see if you let's see if you get it down. Uh, if the Astro the Astros have made the last six American League Championship Series, and that is a record of consecutive trips to the American League Championship Series, only one other team, only one other franchise, made it to five straight trips to the ALCS. And I threw it out there to my listeners. Do you know who it is, Gabby? What team made it to five straight trips to the American League Championship Series? That's a really, really good question. It's all right um, if you don't know. You don't, but my, I'll tell you, my buddy Marcel, aka Cubs fan with an eight, who listens to the show all the way in Zurich, Switzerland, has been one of my big fans ever since the mid 2010s. Knows the answer. It was the Oakland A's in the 1970s made five wow. straight trips to the ALCS. Five straight years. They were division winners. Three three straight years. They won the World Series in the 1970s. And so, it, you know, you may think, oh, was it the Yankees? And not the Joe Torre Yankees. There was always one team that interrupted it. You know, was it the Tony La Russa A's? Nope. There was always one team that interrupted it. So, nope. The answer is the, the Charlie Finley A's of the 1970s. So, good job, Marcel. I think one or two others. Uh, I don't have a trivia question lineup for tonight, but let's see if I can maybe make one up. Um, okay. I just came up with one. Okay. Um, so, okay, let's just say absolute absolute gun to our head. You think you think uh, um, the Astros, the defending World Series champion, are they your pick to win the, the pennant in the AL? I'd say so at this current moment, yes. I mean, they're – really, really starting to just click. And Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to ever go against Houston with their postseason success and all the experience they have. And, and also keep in mind, like right now, as we're recording this, uh, Texas is playing a minor league team that called themselves the Oakland A's. Can't believe that franchise had five straight trips to the American <laughs> League. Unbelievable about it of all teams. Yeah. They might as well be playing the Sacramento river cats or whatever the, Triple A team. No, Sacramento. Sacramento used to be their team. I guess it's Fresno now. I'm sorry. They, the, the, the minor league teams in in California have been playing a shell game. Like I can't keep track of which one is which. But either way, uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and I'm gonna pick the Rangers to hold on to this four to one lead against Oakland. And and they did very well in the 
uh, trade deadline, bringing in Scherzer and bringing and they made several very good deals. But as of this recording, the Astros are only three games back in the loss column of Texas. I mean, I mean, look at. I think Texas will probably win because in Bruce Bochy, I trust. Uh, my dad may rest his pe- in peace. His favorite manager of all time was Bruce Bochy, but uh, I don't put it past the Astros to take this next a little more than a month and a half to make up three games against the Texas Rangers. So I, you know, when a push comes to shove, yeah, I mean the Astros are really, really tough to to go against. Obviously, we've seen that Baltimore can be explosive, but I don't like their starting rotation in a short series. Obviously, Tampa is put together with yarn and tape and, you know, bubble gum. I'm going to say the Twins. I'm just going to say the Twins. I'm going to say the Twins because I do like their starting pitching. I do like their team as as a whole. I think they're going to – the Twins will play whoever the third wildcard team is. So they would play – and that's another thing that's unfair – that you know the you know the the Astros and let's just say the let's say the uh, let's say Baltimore and Texas win the division. This is why we got to get rid of divisions, okay? Because let's say Baltimore and Texas win. That means Tampa and Houston, which is arguably the American League Championship Series, yep. would play a best of three series. Yeah. While Minnesota would play Toronto. A team that, which is, I think, a pretty even matchup. Right. That's insane that we're going to, we're going to, we would guarantee, sorry, folks, we would guarantee Tampa or Houston being out of it before the division series. Yep. Yeah. Because it's, it's just formatted in a crazy way like that. And you even look at last year's Dodgers, you brought them up. And when they got eliminated from the postseason, there was a lot of uproar about the formatting of the playoffs and people saying this is an absolute joke that we just had to see the Dodgers get eliminated with the season that they had. And it just led to a lot of complaining about the playoff formatting. I live in L.A. County. (laughs) I heard it. I heard it. There were how many hundred win teams did they have in the National League last year? Los Angeles, Atlanta. And New York, what do those three all have in common? None of them played in the National League Championship Series. Two teams that did not bust 90 wins were in the National League Championship Series. I'm not saying I'm against upsets, but we all saw what happened. That, you know, that the teams were rusty that were sitting around. I don't know. Get Get rid of the divisions. Get rid of the divisions. Get rid of the divisions. Or do the whole regional thing. I said it before. I said it again. And do you know what it? But but I will tell you, it is making me go to my phone and try to make the best picks because I am in what could only be described as a sleeper mood. Holy Toledo! Look, I got my. Where's my sleeper app? You can't look at my. Look, got my sleeper app right there. I'm gonna make some picks. Basically, here's the deal: you go see who the A's are playing. And then you go immediately to that other team's lineup and you start boosting them up. Or you see recently who the Yankees have played and say, hey, who's pitching? Well, I'm going to pick that. It's someone you've never heard of. Then I'm going to put them in because they're probably going to throw a no hitter because that's how it works. And you go to sleeper. And let me tell you something. That is 
the game a chance to play. If you think a player is going to hit a home run or get the big hit or another pitcher is going to strike him out, you do those picks I just said, do it on sleeper, and you can swing for the fences for 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits more. Get your picks right, you can win big. And guess what? You have more stack categories to place contests on. Home runs, triples, stolen base, whatever. And you can put them together for bigger payouts and dynamic payouts. Gabby, do you know what a dynamic payout is? I'm going to tell you. It means each player's projection now has a multiplier attached to it. Huh? There's math. As opposed to preset multipliers based on number of legs in the contest. With dynamic payouts, they count more stack categories to place contests on and you get higher payouts moolah, than any other apps with fewer picks it says less picks here but that's grammatically incorrect use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a 100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states chances are you live in one of them check out sleeper when check it out today Please, please listen to my sleeper to picks because, you know, you do you do it enough. You know, I'm trying to win $10 million. And uh, with that, I could afford a studio apartment in Los Angeles, California. All right, Gabby. You know, who, who, does, who doesn't want to win all that money? Maybe I know. I know. Let's 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 let's... Something like that. That's just silly. That's just not. You could put your bird dogs on, win some dough. Exactly. Um, Sounds Gabby. like a dream to me. Oh, let's, let's, let's pile them all together. Next, we got to get we got to get a hotel sponsor out pretty soon. Yeah. Gabby, I got to ask you a question. You're bringing it back to the Red Sox. I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan. I saw them wear red hats. You're a lifelong Red Sox fan. You saw them fail in the postseason before victory. Okay, so we 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 both earned our stripes. Um, by the way, the day Trot Nixon hit his walk off home run in Game Three, do you what I was doing that day? What? Getting married. Anyway. Um, no yeah, I was on that day. Um, okay, what but that's not, that was. Uh, yeah, that's neither here nor there. The Red Sox look, you know, there's some some positive things have happened this year. And I went into this year with very, very low expectations. I did not think there would be I didn't think we were in Bobby Valentine territory, but I didn't think that this was gonna be a contender. I didn't see this team really i didn't think they were gonna have a winning season so in one sense the fact that they've had a winning season and and that they've played competitively for a big chunk of it is positive on the other hand they've been kind of wetting the bed recently and losing some getting swept by toronto was a kick to the face the losing the game to kansas city the, the game yesterday with the walk-off Grand Slam was fun. They followed up with this mess. Um, and Crawford, who has pitched well recently, oh, God, he was terrible today. Um, tell me your thoughts of the season so far, both glass half full and glass half empty. 
Yeah, you know, this has been a very, very up and down emotional roller coaster of a season for the Red Sox. Every time they get you emotionally invested and confident in them, they don't allow that to happen. So then they just drop back down and just lose games like they did against the Royals or losing a series against the A's or losing a series against the Cardinals when all of those games are just piling up now and hurting them. And then they're doing the opposite of what they did last year and actually winning games against their own division, other than getting swept by Toronto. They could not beat the division last year, and that was just their downfall really last year. So I'm looking at it in two different ways. From a glass half full perspective, it is a little similar to what you just said, that they are riding the waves and showing glimpses of being a very competitive team. But at the same time, token of that there are so many holes and problems that appear to have occurred all season long like the defensive errors and the base running mistakes and small things like that that don't seem like they're a big deal in the moment but then pile up throughout the season and never get fixed and those things are incredibly irritating and something that the Red Sox have struggled with all year long and there are certain things that they do on the field that I'm like, this is not what a professional baseball team would do. What are you actually thinking by doing that? Um, I think the future looks very, very bright for the team, which is something to look forward to as a fan. There's a lot of young talent in the system now. I think Bloom's done a good job of really acquiring some strong young talent to have in the system. But at the same time of that, it's hard to watch the current team and know how invested he really is in the current team. I would like to see this off season be an aggressive one for him. Um, I think it's absolutely crucial that he addresses the pitching situation. I felt going into the season that this team did not have enough starting pitching. And I still feel that way. And the bullpens being overworked because they're having to throw so many bullpen games as of late because of pitching injuries and you, I just can't trust or rely on Chris Sale or James Paxton being healthy consistently. I like what Hauk and Whitlock can bring to the table when they're healthy, but I think it's absolutely crucial that the Red Sox acquire a true number one starter this offseason. Bayo, I think, has the potential to be an ace, but is still figuring things out and working on some things. So I think where he's at is a solid number two. Right now, he's the ace of the pitching staff, but I think they need to get a real. It's true a nominal ace. It's a nominal yeah. ace. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like someone the, has uh, to. Someone has to win the central. There's has to be a number one starter. You know, it's like exactly. Yeah. So get a number one starter is a priority for me, and just shape up the outfield situation. Figure out who you see in the outfield. You know, past this season. And um, there's obviously been some major problems with the middle infield this year. Just a lot of people cycling through, throwing different people at shortstop, and it hasn't worked out in some of those cases. So I think this season was meant to be a bridge year the whole time, but that wasn't fully communicated with the fan base before the season started. So I think it left people wondering what direction is this team really going in? So there's several things I can take away that are positive, like the fact that there's development from some of the younger players like Casas, Duran, and Bayo. Those guys, if you can continue to develop them and build the team around them, that's some talented players that you know can really be a part of this team in the future. 
but it's also you look at what the holes are with this team and things that were an issue last year that weren't really addressed going into the season. And I think they had the potential talent wise to be better than where they're at right now. Yeah. I mean, look at, I, I agree with so much of what you just said right there. The, the main thing I'm get pulling away from this to try to be positive is that Casas looks like he's developing into a good player. Duran looks like he could be a quality player. Um, uh, who, uh, the Yoshida has fit in very well with the team. They got to figure out is Verdugo's head up his butt or what? We need to figure out him. Um, he, do you, I wish, I mean, like, I know this is pie in the sky. I have, there, there are two players that are another, they're in the West Coast, that, but they would be like the perfect fit on this team. The Dodgers right fielder, Mookie Betts, would be a great fit on the Red Sox. And the Padres shortstop, Xander Bogarts. You know, unfortunately, you got teams like San Diego, these big market teams, taking all the Red Sox stars. It's just not fair. How can a small market team like Boston compete with San Diego? But, yeah, I mean, like, there's no way the Red Sox could ever get a player like Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts because if you put them on their field, then you would have an anchor in the outfield and an anchor up the middle of the – you know, have a left side of the infield of Devers – and Bogarts, but yeah, that's pipe dream stuff. That stuff couldn't happen. I mean, I know it's, it's you got to dream, you got to dream a little bit, but jeez, uh, they would be just, but I digress. I digress. Um, yeah, I completely, and one thing I think is positive is that they have been filling in some of these holes from within. And so they, they obviously they need a number one. That's their biggest, that's their biggest mission right now. And if they could get, just another professional hitter. I don't know, like, again, another pipe dream. The Dodgers have a DH named J.D. Martinez, who he just, I mean, I'm just imagining what his swing would look like in Fenway. It would just, I mean, it would just be great. I mean, again, there's no I way. I think to- Justin Turner has been great, though. Yes. From a veteran presence as somebody who, just from a locker room standpoint, he just is such a disciplined hitter and he takes competitive at bats when he's out there. So that's been huge for this team. And I also think the fact that he's also been playing first base, he's really been able to help Casas out, which I feel has helped with his development. So I think bringing in Justin Turner was a great decision by the Red Sox. When he first got here, I was a little skeptical as to how much he had in the tank with where he's at in his career, but he's been just one of the most consistent hitters on this team this year. He's been great for the the, uh, the Boston Dodgers. But, uh, man, the Los Angeles Red Sox, I do have some players I would love to see. Well, look at Gabby. Um, look, I, I just want them to finish above 500. I want yeah. them to finish with a winning season and and use this as a stepping stone. You know, I think that's I think that's the best case scenario for this team. You know, yeah, I exactly. I, I, I think, think any any pipe dreams of a wild card ended with that sweep by Toronto yep. over the weekend. Done. That was just the worst time to go out and get swept because they had a chance to gain serious ground in the wild card and they just couldn't do it. So I just feel like that, you know, dream I had of them making the playoffs is just nope. kind of gone now. And now I'm just focused on them figuring things out for 2024 and these players that they're bringing in to support the bullpen, which of these guys are going to cut it and who's not, now is that time to figure that out and move people around so that we feel like we have a complete roster going into 2024. 
Oh, just so you know, the uh, Dodgers got, got an RBI double from a player named Mookie Betts. Um, I'm not sure oh. if you're familiar. I don't with think him. I've heard of him. No, no yeah, he's really, uh, I don't have much faith in him. Well, look at Gabby. Welcome to the Locked On Podcast family. You know, uh, the uh, Gabby Starr was a preview. We well, seem to only want to have Gabby's. Gabri- Gabrielle Starr was uh, one of the previous hosts and um, Lauren, we, we, we loved having Gabby on. We loved having Lauren on, but now we have Gabby Hurl, but the, my Connecticut compadre. Oh no. Yeah. I just traded you to the Padres. Um, tell people where they can follow your show. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform for free. Yes, I did say free. Who doesn't love free? Um, new episodes Monday through Friday on all things Boston Red Sox. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox. I will only be calling that app Twitter moving forward, not anything else. That is it for me. You can also follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10. And I always enjoy interacting with fans about the team and my emotional freakouts that I have during mid-game. Feel free to join me in those feelings and those emotions on that app. So be sure to check out Lockdown Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform or subscribe on YouTube to get all of those new episodes and insightful Red Sox content, whether it be positive or negative, depending on what the team decides to do that day. All right. And here's a trivia question. What former Red Sox great was the only player to win an ALCS MVP? For the losing team. He was the ALCS MVP, but his team lost. That's your trivia question. It's happened a couple times in the NLCS, but only once in the ALCS. What former Red Sox great was the only ALCS MVP who won for the losing team? Put that down in the comments at YouTube or at Lockdown and Milby Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast. On Instagram, feeling at home with my Connecticut host, Gabby Harlbert of Lockdown Red Sox. This has been Lockdown MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.